We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we about to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after Dirk, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. Want revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really ain't that hard to see hold on wait silence the critics cause they never did it pass out jordan i ain't woke up the city map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney go back to batman i'm calling them drizzy Mo triple doubles i'm waiting on 50 step back smoother you know it's so filthy if i get down on my team gonna lift me Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, no, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 All right. Our guy Kevin says, biggest adjustment is start Mavrello Bolovich over K. All right. Kevin, I'm going to need you to get the hell out of here. <laughs> hey, but did you, he said to start him over KP. I mean. Oh, hey, well, actually, yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, what's the, <laughs> what's the harm there, you know? Why not? Let's try it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's right. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. KP, KP. I tell you what, I tell you what, if KP doesn't come out angry, and we've seen how he plays angry at times, you know, at, at different spots over the course of the season, like how he came out and played after those uh, Golden State Warrior trade rumors, uh, you know, he, he plays better when he plays angry. So if, if he doesn't come out 
in game four and play angry, it's just not going to happen, which I don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to happen anyway at this point. I'm just saying, like, if it doesn't after that, after that in game three, uh, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. So <laughs> right. I, I don't have a lot of hope for it. I'm just saying, like, this is likely the last opportunity he has because, uh, you know, if the Mavs, if they don't win, I'm still confident, Matt. I mean, I you know, if they come out and win game three, I mean, game four and go up 3-1, I think they're definitely winning this series. But uh, if the Clippers come back out and win the same way they did, in game three, then, uh, you know, the Mavs might be in trouble. So, uh, but anyway, all right, we got, we got everything set up here. We're going to officially get started. Uh, if anybody has anything they want to add, just send us a speaker request. We'll let you in here and, uh, yeah, we'll just talk for, we'll probably talk for about 30 minutes or so. So if you have anything you want to say, just, just come on up. Uh, How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Uh, the Mavs, they weren't able to take a insurmountable 3-0 lead over the Clippers in the first round of this uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, in Game 3, they lost to the Clippers 118-108. Uh, to uh, It's kind of shocking how, from the from the end of the first quarter, well, I'm going to say like the end of the first quarter through the rest of the game, the Clippers outscored the Mavs by uh, 30 points or a little over 30 points for the rest of that game and only won by 10. And that's because the Mavs went up uh, by nearly 20. They were up 30 to 11 out of the gates and the energy was electric. There were 17,000 uh, MFF. MFFL strong in the building. Uh, it was just, you know, it was an unreal scene to, to see. Uh, even for me, you know, I wasn't there in person, but just watching it, you know, on ESPN, it, it just looked like it was absolutely electric. Perfect atmosphere for playoff basketball. And the Mavs, they they came out and, you know, looked like they were ready to put their, their foot on their necks and, and end this thing. And, you know, they... Uh, they took Luca out when they had the big lead, and you had a couple of heat check shots, which I understand because they were so hot. I mean, <laughs> I, I probably would have too. But after about the fourth heat check, uh, you just you just kind of like, eh, okay, maybe we need to pull back a little bit and you know start running some sets or something because uh, a couple of those really bad heat check shots that they missed that's what allowed the Clippers to uh, to start chipping away at that lead, and then by the time the end of the first quarter came, they were only up three instead of nearly 20. So uh, they, they kind of – I don't know if I don't know if they ran out of gas. I just think it was a matter of Luca was just so nuclear. Uh, once he took that first break, the Clippers, they left uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in there, and they that's when they started going to work. Uh, so it, it was unfortunate, but the Mavs, you know, they still – played relatively well, uh, especially offensively, and they just weren't able to, you know, uh, they weren't able to beat a really good team three games in a row because, I mean, look, <laughs> the Mavs dominated the first two games, but, you know, the Clippers are really good. Kawhi Leonard, he's an all-time great. Uh, Paul George, he's really good, too. I don't I don't know if I'd call him an all-time great. I guess he could be eventually, but, uh, 
he's got to have more playoff success than what he has. But, you know, those are two really good players. They have really good team that shot over 40%, the best three-point shooting uh, team in the NBA in the regular season. And, you know, they hadn't performed up to their standards in the first two games. And, you know, Marcus Morris, he finally got it going, unfortunately, for the Mavs in, in game three. And, uh, you know, uh, the Mavs just couldn't keep up. Uh, they weren't able to – and it, look, they're a younger team. Uh, they don't have nearly as much playoff experience as the Clippers do. Uh, so I'm not shocked that they weren't able to hold on to that, that early lead. Uh, it was hard to envision – this Mavs team going up 3-0 over the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers are just, just too good. I, I wasn't very optimistic going into that game. I figured they were going to end up losing it. But, you know, game four, that's what we're going to, you know, uh, that's what's really going to tell us how this series is going to go, is whatever they do in game four. Because Rick Carlisle, he's one of the best uh, coaches, you know, after a loss as far as making adjustments and everything, and especially in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how they counter the Clippers who opted to go small uh, more often than they did uh, in the first two games. So we'll see what Rick does in Game Four. But Matt, what's your uh, what's your initial takeaway from that Game Three loss? What'd you like? What'd you didn't like? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's it was unreasonable to expect the Mavs to uh, to sweep this series. So one loss even though it comes at home, which is obviously not ideal. You want to, if you're going to take a loss, you want it to be on the road, but you know, it, to me, it, it's, they were never going to sweep this series. So one loss isn't the end of the world. They have to rebound tonight. They had an opportunity to, um, to really, you know, put their foot down and on the Clippers throat in this series last night. And they got off to the big lead. And then, you know, we all saw what happened, but, it doesn't mean the series is over. It's it you know it doesn't mean the Clippers are coming back. It's just you know it happens. It's the NBA playoffs. The Clippers were going to hit back. Now it's just a matter of whether the Mavs can take that hit and bounce back and come back with their own haymaker. And I think they will. Um, I you know I it took a lot for the Clippers, a lot of energy for the Clippers to come back from that lead. And if Luca keeps playing like he did last night and he, like he has the first two games of the series, then you know I don't think the Clippers can survive you know, to seven games with Luka playing like that. That's just my opinion. But, you well, know, that Rick Rick will make some adjustments. That's why you, you know, that's why you have Rick Carlisle because of, of stuff like this. This is where he thrives in the playoffs, making adjustments. And, you know, I think he will. I think they'll come out on uh, on Sunday, and I think they're going to win. Well, I mean, look, there, there's a reason why – only I think three or I think it's three or four teams that have ever come back from a from a O two deficit in the playoffs. So, you know, teams that go down O two have like a six percent chance of coming back. I mean, once you go down O two, you have to win four of the next five games, to win that series. So, uh, you know, there there's a reason why that hasn't happened as as often as it has. And when you have a player like Luca, who's a transcendent star. And he's showing you he's gonna he's gonna bring it every single night. Uh, you know, I, I saw a stat that uh, it said that uh, Luca has now scored 300 points through his first nine playoff games. The only other two players to score more, I think. Uh, no, y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and and Michael Jordan. 
<laughs> pretty good company, uh, I guess. That's, that's pretty good company for Luca. He finished game three with 44 points on very efficient shooting, uh, nine rebounds, <laughs> nine assists. I mean, we, you know what you're going to get from him on a nightly basis. What you don't know what you're going to get on a nightly basis is from his perceived co-star, Christos Porzingis, because, I mean, man, I, we've said it before, and like people get some people get really mad at us, especially uh, our European friends uh, when we post it on YouTube. But you know, when we criticize KP, we get some heat for it from from a certain section of our listeners, and it's not that we're not rooting for the guy. Like, of course, we're rooting for KP. We want the Mavs to be the best version of themselves, and you know that would include KP. <laughs> not not going for nine points in 34 minutes and going three of ten for the field and grabbing like two rebounds you know <laughs> yeah. that's that's not us we're, we're not rooting for that we're, we're rooting for the guy to succeed i just uh i don't know man i don't know he, he's gotta he's gotta show us a little bit more pride uh you can't go – he cannot go into game four and have another game like he did in game three. Or he might – you know, we've talked about how this series might define whether the Mavs uh, – whether he's on the Mavs roster at the start of next season or not. But, man, if, if he keeps playing like how he did last night, he might not be tradable. That's how bad it was. That's uh, a fair point. You know? And, uh, you know, at the very beginning, they were up 17 to 6 in game three. And Luca and KP were coming up the court, and Luca swung it over to KP on the, uh, on the right corner of the three. And he nailed it. He nailed it in transition. It was in rhythm. And uh, it was one of those moments where you thought, okay, maybe he's going to get going now. But it just, it just never happened. And then Luca made the comment, after, and I don't know if he said this just to kind of like make KP feel better or something, but he was just like, yeah, we should try to post him up more. And like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, because then he gets stripped by Rondo or Reggie Jackson uh, on the post because he can't sense the double team coming. So, you know, the, the solution for me, in my opinion, going from game three to game four would be to do more pick and roll action with with Luke and KP because they were one of the best duos uh, whether it was a pick and roll or pick and pop all season long in the regular season by the numbers so they need to do more of that and I'm not I'm not talking about those little wimpy slip screen screens that KP likes to do where he's not actually setting a screen uh he needs to like actually get into a guy, set a screen, and either roll or pop, and I think good things will happen. Uh, and I hope Rick, like, hammers that home to them before game four because, you know, they, they, they just can't – the Mavs aren't going to win this series. They're going to be part of that – they're going to make the Clippers part of that 6% that comes back from 0-2 if they don't get more from KP. And I, yep. I said it on Twitter last night. I don't care if, I don't care if you think it's KP's fault. Or if you think it's Luca's fault, it's not. Or if you think it's Rick Carlisle's <laughs> fault, but you know the the bottom line is that you have to get more from KP. No matter whose fault it is, you have to get more from him. That's the bottom line. That's all there is to it. Yeah, fourteen and nine isn't going to cut it. And but the thing about these these uh, pick and rolls that you're talking about, are we sure KP's not going to break if he tries to actually set a screen on someone that he's look, not just yeah, going to like look, shatter into a million pieces? Look, not to not to bring up, I mean, it's like Rocky. 
It's like Rocky movie. If he dies, he dies. Like this is the, the play. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound insensitive, but I mean, look, the, the reason you risk KP on back to backs throughout the entire regular season and, you know, rest him for weeks at a time because of little, you know, sorenesses and everything is for the playoffs. So if he breaks in the playoffs, then, I mean, what are you doing all that for anyway? You know That's what I true. mean? <laughs> like, yeah. if, Put him in there and tell him to play aggressive. And if he does break, then, I mean, that sucks. I mean, that's very unfortunate for the Mavs, but this is what you rest him for. So I don't I don't get it, man. I I was – I mean, he still has some time to prove me right. But I, so far I was very wrong in my assessment of, you know, why he wasn't playing as well defensively this year as he was last year. I thought it was more of a mental thing that he didn't, you know, he was kind of scared of getting hurt and didn't want to miss the postseason and that he would, you know, turn it on in the postseason, but that has not been the case. He still can't move laterally, and I kind of fear that 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 last knee injury, you know, did more for his mobility going forward or lack of mobility going forward than what we initially thought. So that's, that's what worries me. Like I said, he could still prove me wrong, but he just doesn't look like he can physically move that way defensively. Well, it's either that or he's still scared or he's lazy. It's it's one of those three things, and I kind of lean towards the, the first of the three options. I just <clears throat> he's he's declined his his mobility has declined substantially since he was in New York, and I you know that's no secret everybody can see it, but I thought that. I didn't think that a it was a meniscus, right? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, he tore. Okay, the, yeah. I didn't think that a meniscus would affect him this much, but he just hasn't been the same player this year that he was last year at any point, really. I mean, there's been like one or two games where he's popped off or whatever, but for the most part, this entire season he's been a major disappointment. Which you know, which is why I'm team shoot KP into the sun at this point. Like I. <clears throat> This might be a hot take. I don't really care. Flame me in the comments or on YouTube or whatever after I say it. I don't care. I wouldn't I, – after last night, I'm fine with benching him. Like, I really am. Like, I just don't even care anymore. I'm, I'm so over it. Like, this whole – at least for game four, don't – like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. But it's, it's, it's 14 points and nine rebounds from a guy with a max contract in the playoffs is just not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, look, here. here's my take, and I'm about to bring our, our guy Jose up here. Uh, he has a speaker request, but here's my take on that, Matt. In game four, I would still start him, but you can tell, you know, you can tell by that first stretch with the starters if he's going to have it or not. You know, it just, just based, not just by his shooting, but, you know, how engaged he is on both ends, you know, if he's uh, – uh, if he's at least trying hard on defense, because he just—I mean, Matt, last night he just looked so lost on defense, and he has for most of the series. He had a good game too. I mean, he ended up with like two blocks and three steals, and you know that was one of that was like a sneaky good game for him in game two. He was eight of twelve uh, from the field, and he had twenty points. But I mean, he just. He's not consistent. His game one and game three performances were just inexcusable for a guy making $30 million a year. 
yeah. I mean, and I mean, look, Devin in the chat here, he says if you bench KP, he'd completely quit. <laughs> I, I don't even care if he quits at this point. Like, but I mean, look, it's, it's like last night when KP was just get. They were hunting KP on defense every single time down, and they were getting exactly what they wanted. They were cutting him to death. And then Rick was just like, oh, my God, okay, this is enough. And he pulls him and puts Willie Colleystein in, and the Mavs immediately make a run. <laughs> and that, that's how it's been, you know, that's how it was in game two as well, you know. Uh, it's just a matter of the fact that Willie Colleystein, you know, he can't shoot, but he's a better defender, and he makes the, the lineup on the court a lot better defensively too, and that's really what you need against the Clippers. Uh, especially if KP is not going to give you, you know, what we expect from him on the offensive end. Uh, if, if he's not going to be good offensively, then, then what? Oh, sorry about that. Somebody with a big muffler decided to show off. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, if, if KP is not going to give you elite offense, which is kind of what he's supposed to to be, you know, the majority of what he's supposed to be, then what are we doing? Yeah, what's the point? Like, what's the point of having him out there if he can't do either thing that you need him to do? Yeah. You, You paid this guy a max contract to score. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, twenty three to twenty five, twenty seven points, somewhere in there, points a game, and compliment Luca and give this team another dominant offensive threat, and he can't do it. Yeah, and before so, look, what's the point? And before people, you know, roast me for my KP rant earlier, the if he dies, he dies thing. If y'all don't know that that's a reference to Rocky, then I don't know what to tell you. I'm not literally saying, you know. <laughs> The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, Jose, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Doing good. What you got for us? Uh, Well, just to add on, on to the KP, uh, did you guys see how he landed on either his ankle or knee last night in the last like minute or so? He looked like he was limping. I, no, I didn't, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, I didn't see it, but I heard I, I saw people talking about it <laughs> on Twitter. So I, I didn't see it, but you know that that's potentially something that you know he may not even play in game four. <laughs> we may be talking about this for nothing. Right. Well, yeah. I, I'll go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean that's a that's a good point. I didn't see that happen. Um, but how funny would it be if, or maybe this is the opportunity they need, right? Like maybe KP doesn't play in Game Four, and then they just blow the doors off the Clippers. <laughs> I can only like, imagine what that will do to his ego. <laughs> right? Oh, it would kill him. It would kill his ego. But I mean, if it happens, you know, it's kind of like in the regular season when. KP, if he's going to move the way he's moving on defense and he's not going to give you elite offense, then they might be better off not playing KP. You know, because the Clippers are, you know, they know that he is the weakest link when they're, when they're on offense and they're hunting him. So, you know, it, there were times in the regular season where KP didn't play and the team looked like, you know, they, they were still unbeatable. They didn't skip a beat, so... I mean, why not try it? And then if you do win in game four without KP, just rest him the rest of the series. And, you know, if you play Utah in the next round. <coughs> Playoffs. <coughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> if you play Utah in the next round, then maybe, you know, uh, maybe you get a better version of KP. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. It's just it's not working uh, with this current version of I feel like he he wants to be number one so bad, and I, I feel like I've mentioned this to Kirk before, but uh, he wants to be number one. But with Luca, he it's just not possible. You can't be number one. Either you're number two or you're number three, and you just gotta accept that role, and you just gotta be urgent enough and play with some type of balls to to keep your spot, like. Like you're getting paid millions of dollars, you're expected to at least put up 18 points per game. Play, play like you want that contract. Yeah, and look, Jose. Here's the thing. That's probably his ego. That's probably true. He probably would love to be a number one option, or he thinks he's a number one option, but or a number two. But here's the thing. He has to be at least a number three or a number two option before he can even think about being a number one option. And it's not going to happen on the Mavs because Luca's an all-time great. He, he's never going to reach that level. So unless he just accepts, you know, being the second best guy on the team and, you know, can play up to that because he's not even playing up to that right now. Tim Hardaway Jr. is 100% this team's second best player right now. And that's not me over-exaggerating. He, that, that's just the fact of the matter. Tim Hardaway Jr. is the team's second-best player, and he's probably going to get a big bag this summer. So, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it, it's kind of scary because, like, it's a matter of how much do the Mavericks want to pay Tim Hardaway to bring in other people as well because we're already 
tied to KP. And if he doesn't put up any good games, like like besides game two, it's going to be hard to, to trade him. <laughs> going to be hard to do anything with KP going forward if he doesn't step up. And it just sucks that Donnie couldn't build a better team or couldn't get better contracts to establish the roster. Man, I, I've i said this on previous pods, and, I mean, there's really no use in me just, you know, dwelling on it because you can't go back and change it now. But uh, that 2019 offseason for the Mavs, it just it shows up on so many nights where it's like, man, if they would have, you know, had more interest in Boyan Bogdanovich, like just imagine how a guy like that, because I remember at the time we were hearing that, oh, the Mavs think his price tag is too high. Like really? <laughs> really? $20 million a year for uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is too much, but, you know, he, he's already, I think he had a a 44-point game in the playoffs, or well, maybe not in the playoffs, but towards the end of the season when they were, uh, solidifying that one seed in the West, and he's been super consistent from them, an elite three-point shooter. Uh, you know, I just – it makes you question what the Mavs are, are thinking in their roster building sometimes. And I, I'm not completely sometimes. giving up on them. Yeah, most of the time. Well, I'm not completely giving up on them because, like I said, this is the first offseason where it seems like they have more opportunity – uh, since that 2019 offseason when Luca was still a rookie, and now everybody sees like, oh my gosh, this dude is other war- otherworldly. Uh, he's going to be a two-time All NBA first teamer. Uh, you know, I think people can see at this point, like, okay, if if he just has a little bit more help, this is going to be <laughs> a perennial contender. Uh, we're going to have a good shot of winning a title if we play with this guy. So we'll see how it goes this off season, but I, I'm I'm still optimistic about it. But man, that 2019 off season has really killed the Mavs. Uh, not just in some of these regular season games when they just don't have enough, but you know, in in games like Game Three where Luca desperately needed a little bit more help and he just wasn't able to get it. Right. I, I say Game Four is a must win. And the reason why I say that is because uh, the Clippers are veterans. You know, they, they have the experience while the Mavericks don't. So I feel like it's a very much win situation on Sunday. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, you know, I, it's kind of it's kind of crazy to say that because if the Clippers win, it's a you know, it, it becomes a best of three series then. But I, I agree this this young and they're really not that young. I mean, but they are younger than the Clippers, and they don't have near as much playoff experience as the Clippers. But, you know, I agree. They have to win game four at home. You can't lose another game in front of a packed crowd in Dallas and, you know, have the series tied going back to L.A. I just uh, – I don't know what that would do for their mindset. I, you know, Luke is going to be fine every single game. I'm – supremely confident in him i just uh you know the rest of the guys i don't know how how they would take it but matt what do you think must win game for the mavs in game four Uh, i mean i think every playoff game is a must win but in terms of the mavericks like i i do i do have a bad feeling that if they lose this game it could go sideways 
But, you know, that said, maybe they're just going to be better on the road in the playoffs than they are at home. I mean, at least initially. It, there's a million different things that could happen. And that's why I thought it was so important that they finished the Clippers off last night in, that, in the first quarter when they were up by, I don't know, what was it? They were up like 15 or 16 or something like that in the first quarter. Nearly 20. They were up 30 to 11. Okay, so 19. So, I mean, I look, they needed to finish it there. And I almost texted the group or tweeted the group in our Twitter DM and said, oh, my God, this series is over. But I didn't do it. And if I had, I feel like it all would have been my fault. But since I didn't do it and they still lost that game, I feel a little bit better about it. But anyway, um, no, I mean, of course it's a must win. I mean, I, I hate that they're in this situation because they had an opportunity to finish it. But, you know, they're just going to have to take it on the chin and come out and, and, and try and have the same intensity they have. You know, they've had the, they had the first nine quarters of the series. Yeah. Um, they didn't have that in the last three quarters. I mean, they, they, it's not like they were they were pushovers. They weren't, you know, they were getting pushed around or anything like that. But they, the, the killer instinct thing, that I saw in the first nine quarters of the series wasn't all there. There was still some of it, but it wasn't all there. I, I just think they need to, to, you know, to really put their foot down. Otherwise, you know, Kawhi is going to go Kawhi and this thing could get ugly. Yeah. It's not a, I have no doubt that, uh, you know, with Luca doing his thing, the Mavs have a chance every single night, even with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you know, just going nuclear last night and hardly missing anything. They still only lost by 10, and it was a close game, you know, game. But the thing is, Matt, they've got to do better because the three-point shooting has been consistent for three games. The Mavs, they've been unbelievably good from the three-point line. Last night, they were 20 of 39, so 51% on shooting threes. The problem is they were 38% on their two-point shots, <laughs> which is which is just abysmal. Uh so they got to fix it. They got to fix that. Uh, I don't know how much of that has to do with, with Zubak or, uh, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. thinking he can drive into Kawhi Leonard for a layup. Uh, that seems like a bad decision every time. Uh, you know, they, they got to fix some little things to where, you know, when you shoot 51% from three, you still don't have an overall uh, shooting percentage of 44%. <laughs> And also, you can't get outscored in the paint, uh, you know, 46 to, to 24. You can't get almost doubled up uh, there, too, because that's just that's way too many easy, easy points for the Clippers. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, Zubak getting uh, second chance points and, you know, uh, Paul George or whoever driving past Dorian Finney-Smith, who definitely didn't have his best game of these playoffs last night. So I don't know. It, it's a combination of a lot of things. I think those are the two biggest factors for last night though, the, the two point percentage and uh, the points in the paint. And we'll see how they do in game four. You know, Dorian Finney Smith, he's due for a bounce back game. Uh, like I said, KP, I don't know, man, I'm not, I'm not confident with KP, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, we've seen times where, People have just piled on him, and he gets angry, and he'll come out and have, like, one good game. That's all I'm asking for 
from KP. Just come out and play angry and have one really, really good game. <laughs> like a like a 30-point, 17-rebound, three- or four-block game. Like Come out playing like you're playing against the Indiana Pacers for once, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, Matt, you have anything else to add before we take off here? Uh, yeah, I mean – J.J. Barea attends a game and the Mavs lose. I don't think that's a coincidence. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, below I, the belt for I J.J. Love J.J. I love oh. J.J. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, Dirk was in attendance, and uh, you know, there were a bunch of Dallas Cowboys in attendance. There's a lot of star power in the arena last night, and it didn't matter. But I think it was just more of a – just more of a an inexperienced – playoff team learning how to close a series because it, like I said it was going to going into it you knew it was going to be extremely hard for the Mavs to go up 3-0 on a team of the Clippers talent level I mean that would have just that would have just been amazing and Rick Carlisle warned warned them before the game he said look you know the energy is going to be electric uh, but it's a long game it's a national tv game there's longer timeouts you know, it, even if you start off good, you got to keep it up because the game's longer. And sure enough, I mean, that twenty-point lead didn't last hardly any time, uh, and the Clippers got back into it. But I like the, how the way the Mavs, you know, continued to fight after giving up that lead and still made it a game until you know the last few minutes of it. So I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm confident that they'll come out and play hard in game four. And like I said, Rick Carlisle is one of the best in the business when it comes to game to game adjustments. And I really think he'll do something to counteract, uh, the Clippers, uh, small ball lineups that just absolutely killed the Mavs. Uh, you know, even if you have to, I mean, this is, easy, I'm, this is crazy to say, and I see our guy grants in the chat. So grant, if I'm just like completely off here, uh, just feel free to roast me on Twitter or in your next uh, analysis piece that you do for DallasBasketball.com. But if the Clippers go small, like really small, and they're just killing the Mavs, I mean, why don't we just put Luka at center and just give Rick Carlisle <laughs> playing all guards and <laughs> maybe like Dorian Finney-Smith and just meet their speed and have Luka just go shack on them? Why not? Do a lineup of like Luca, Jalen, uh, Richardson, Tim Hardaway, and and Dorian. You know, whatever it is, I I can see <laughs> like that working. I mean, I, and Grant here, he just said in the chat, I definitely think they need to, at the very least, take KP off the floor for sure. <laughs> Micro ball, baby. Pull pull a, pull a page out of the, uh, the Rockets book. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If you're not, if 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 KP is not going to be able to punish those small lineups, then you have to take him off the floor because he's definitely not going to help, you know, defensively in those types of situations. Uh, but anyway, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot to talk about, you know, after each one of these games, and we're going to keep coming on here and doing these recap pods. Uh, we don't have to wait near as long for the next one because, you know, the Mavs, they play tomorrow night. Instead of having two days off, they have just one day, and they'll play on Sunday night in game four at American Airlines Center in what is hopefully going to be another 
fan night at, at the arena because that was awesome to see, Matt. Even Paul George after the game, he was like, yeah, it's, it, you know, even though the fans are totally against you, he said it was awesome to play in this type of environment because uh, most guys haven't been able to experience that for over a year now. So it was good to see. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. Uh, appreciate y'all coming in and listening. Be sure, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And we will see you guys either tomorrow night or sometime Monday. So y'all enjoy y'all's Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you next time. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.